Hello listeners, good evening. I am Priya Amarish and I am happy to be here to share with you some thoughts on Dharma, Karma and Yoga. Dharma is the path of righteousness. Karma is the path of action. Yoga is the path of righteous action. These three terms have become universal and have surreptitiously seeped their way into the English language. The practice of yoga has become so prevalent and popular among all sectors of society and among all age groups in our communities. From preschools to senior community centers, from prisons to corporate offices, people have been experiencing the incredible benefits of yoga, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Yoga has transcended over 5,000 years and has found its unshakable place in today's society. Yoga is here to stay. We are just at the shoreline. Some are tapping, some are soaking their feet into the soothing waters of yoga. Many are beginning to experience the pacifying and strengthening effects that yoga has on us, on us individually as well as globally. If we adhere to the principles of yoga, the practice becomes energizing, the teachings become mesmerizing, and the outcomes are amazing. You may wonder, what has increased the spread and awareness of yoga? What draws us to the practice of yoga? And what impact does yoga really make on us personally, socially, and universally? How did it all of a sudden make such a huge resurgence into the world? In the Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna states, Yada yada hi dharmasya glanir bhavati bharata abhyutanam adharmasya tadatmanam shrijmyaham paritranaya sadunam vinashya cha dushkritam dharma sangastapanartaya sambhavami yuge yuge. Lord Krishna, who in Hinduism is the divine teacher or the supreme consciousness, states in this Sanskrit phrase, O oh, dear one, whenever there is decay of righteousness and there is exaltation of unrighteousness, then I will appear. I will appear for the protection of the good and for the destruction of the evil. I will appear from age to age whenever and wherever I am needed for the sake of firmly establishing righteousness, dharma. So, why has the concept, the practice, and the awareness of a yoga arrived into our lives so pervasively? It is because we needed it. Our health and our lives are heading to decay. Our karma or our actions were driven towards gaining results, gaining materials, gaining status. And as a society, we became careless, mindless, and overwhelmed riding on the roller coaster of life. A tumultuous roller coaster ride that shook us off the dharmic track. We swerved from dharma, our righteous path, as we were swayed by the distractions, the temptations, and the immediate gratifications of the world. Tired, confused, unhealthy, and unsatisfied, finally, we are ready to get off the roller coaster. We began to see that this life and the journey to joy doesn't require so many ups and downs. The treats we give ourselves, a little excessively, become mistreats. And the excuses we make to get out of being responsible become mishaps. Nonetheless, we do need a track, however with less bumps and dips. 
That leads me to share how we must honor a dharmic track, one which is steady, calm, and leveled. A track or path that gives us pure, greater, and everlasting joy. So, as Lord Krishna states in the Bhagavad Gita, He will arrive when there is disharmony, imbalance, or unrighteousness. When the universe knows what we need and what we deserve, we will be served accordingly. Therefore, the concept of yoga lands at our doors as a divine intervention. We just need to open the doors of our hearts and minds and receive the teachings. We have to trust that these teachings will guide us to our dharma and allow us to feel more fulfilled in life. What does yoga teach us? Sayyid Patanjali, who is the father of the Yoga Sutras, gives us a clear understanding of dharma and right living. In Ashtanga Yoga, the eight limbs of yoga, Sage Patanjali shares the yamas and the niyamas as the first two limbs. Yamas are five social behaviors to follow, such as non-violence, truthfulness, non-stealing, non-hoarding, and self-control. The niyamas are five social observances, such as cleanliness, happiness, self-discipline, self-study, and surrendering to the divine. Sage Patanjali offers these guidelines for social action as the foundational habits that when upheld with a pure mindset will lead to a life of peace and happiness. The remaining six, six limbs of Ashtanga Yoga continue to help us reach towards our ultimate goal. The third limb, as we're familiar with, are the asanas in yoga, which teach us physical practices to keep our body fit and healthy. The fourth limb is pranayama, which teaches us to acknowledge our breath, to lengthen the breath. The fifth practice, the fifth limb, is pratyahara. It reminds us to withdraw the senses, to pull away from all the worldly sensations and go within. The sixth limb is dharana, concentration, maintaining a single-pointed focus. The seventh is dhyana, contemplation and meditation, finding silence, finding stillness. And the eighth limb is samadhi. Here we experience the union with the divine. Here we know there is no separation from the universal consciousness. These are the eight limbs of yoga shared with us by Sage Patanjali. And when we practice yoga, we begin to experience dharma. We each have our own dharma, our own unique path. So dharma can be understood as personal, but it is also universal. You can think of dharma in four parts, and you are integral to maintaining these four parts of dharma. In your mind, you may create these four quadrants of dharma. The first being ritu dharma is a universal dharma. This is where you are part of nature. And you understand that you are not above it or dominating it. We are guests on the planet with responsibilities to nature. We become a part of nature and seek harmony with the universal path, the sustaining cosmic force. The second quadrant is Varna Dharma or a social Dharma. This entails our national, societal, and occupational responsibilities. The work we have to do in the world 
with its share of challenges, gifts, obstacles, and victories, we engage in a collective dharma and participate in spiritual community work. Our awareness of varna dharma, or the social aspect, enhances individual and family progress and ensures that we have maintained culture. The third quadrant, or dharma, is ashrama dharma, or human dharma. This is our understanding that we as humans mature in body, mind, and emotions. And we go through four progressive stages of earthly life. We're a student. We become a householder. We become retired and advise. And finally, we become spiritual seekers. Each of these stages of life have its own dharmic responsibilities. Finally, the fourth quadrant of dharma is swadharma. This is our personal dharma, our own law, which is based on two things. Accumulated karmas, which are actions of the past and present, whether they're good and ba- or bad, and the three dharmas of this life, the universal, the human, and the social dharmas. Acknowledging these stages of life, these quadrants of the dharma, helps to mold our background, our experience, helps to establish us in our swadharma, to know our personality, to know our voice, to know our true nature. Today, as we practice yoga in this concept of dharma, we remind ourselves, not to compare with your neighbor or the person on the mat next to you, but on and off the mat, practice. Practice your karmic actions with compassion. Know your own personal limitations and express gratitude for your personal gifts. Most importantly, let go of any attachment to the outcome of your actions and uphold the righteous path acting for a greater good with peaceful actions and mindful conduct. That is your dharma. Now, what does yoga teach us? Yoga prescribes a way of life that aligns our karma and our dharma, our actions and our duties. Yoga reminds us to perform our actions, our karmas wisely, in a way that fulfills our duties or our dharma righteously. However we act wisely or otherwisely, consequences are imminent and our dharma will not let us back down until we have performed wisely. And God is so great. He gives us four paths, four paths to practice our dharma. Choices of how to practice dharma in four forms of yoga. Karma yoga. Selfless service to the community and greater society. Or bhakti yoga. Devotional practices through song and rituals. Raja yoga. Self-control of the mind and the body. And finally, the fourth path of yoga, jnana yoga. Immersing into scriptural studies. Because each of us is so unique, with our prescribed nature based on past karmas, Our dharma is also unique. 
We all have arrived onto this earth, divine souls residing in separate bodies. Ultimately, our purpose to find peace, joy, and happiness. Our paths may be different, but our goal is the same. Our dharma is to acknowledge our unique roles and perform them judiciously so that we create harmony within ourselves and for those around us. So every time you find yourself wondering, what am I doing here and what is my purpose? The answer is simple. You are a manifestation of the divine in a physical form. You are a part of a big picture and you have been given a role to play in this universe. Your goal is to know your unique role and play it out perfectly so that you experience complete fulfillment and bliss. And then discover your inner divinity. With the practice of yoga, you begin to experience living in a harmonious flow of dharma. The scriptures have given three steps to know your dharma. First step, know your higher self. Through disciplined lifestyle, a sense of awareness and a sense of purpose, you, you begin to clear your field of potentiality and you're able to create as much happiness and wealth as you want because now your karmic actions are aligned with your dharmic nature and you experience the true spirit of your higher self. The second step, acknowledge your uniqueness. You are unique. You have amazing potential, amazing abilities. Acknowledge this unique spirit within you. And the third step, use your unique talents to serve humanity. When your creative expression helps your fellow human beings, you're making full use of the law of Dharma. And again, you get to experience that alignment of karma and Dharma. Unraveling your Dharma includes figuring out what to do with yourself on every level, even the most immediate. We often think of Dharma as a single grand and glorious purpose, but every action from the most mundane to the most profound is of importance to the soul. Washing a carrot tonight for dinner should be and can be an expression of your Dharma, or just listening to this talk may you be your Dharma. Whatever action or task you take on, let it be fulfilling and complete. This is the Dharma of the now, which may seem trivial, but can be very much intertwined with your larger purpose. An ancient Vedic sage described the natural unfolding of spirit in these beautiful words. I am the immeasurable potential of all that was, is, and will be. And my desires are like seeds left in the ground. They wait for the right season and then spontaneously manifest into beautiful flowers and mighty trees, into enchanted gardens and majestic forests. Thank you. Have a wonderful evening.